You know that I've always loved you. Merry Christmas. Hi, sis. Are you crying? What? No, you are. You can't spend the entire month of December in front of the TV. I have years of experience that say I can't. Let me get my purse. We're both single. We live in an apartment we can barely afford. My boss doesn't know my name or what I do. And you? What about me? Pretty sure you've dated every jerk in the city. True. I just wish we could have a perfect Christmas, you know? Like, like in a Christmas movie. Oh, oh, oh. Merry Christmas, Santa. Merry Christmas. Ah! 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 What's going on? Where are we? Did you go to bed with your hair and makeup done? Did you go to bed with your hair and makeup done? This place is amazing. It's almost like... We're, We're in a Christmas, Christmas movie. movie! Holiday falls. Oh, it's like a Christmas dream. Or a Christmas nightmare. Now, how do we get home? I guess I need to find my storyline. Did you hear? Hear what? Our Christmas festival is in trouble. What about my beau? Your beau? My handsome prince, whose romantic potential I've long overlooked, even as it stared me right in the face. My name is Dustin. I'm here to help. Every great party needs a good theme. So I was thinking something along the lines of winter, winter wonderland. Oh, wait. Did you steal my binder? No, I did not. Did you? Steal mine? <laughs> Hi. Oh, oh, oh. Nice of you to drop in. No. Maybe you want to drop by the bakery tomorrow? Okay, fine. And it's a date. It's not a date. Paul, it's not a date. Paul said you came to help us decorate cookies. I would love to help you. It was actually the most fun I've had in a while. I just, this place is so different from where I'm from. You have the perfect life here in Holiday Falls. Sometimes I wonder if this is the life I chose or just the one I escaped to. I wished for a perfect Christmas, but my perfect Christmas needs to be back home. I'm tired of running, but what do we do? We're gonna take a risk and we're gonna save Christmas. Yes, if you're wondering why that was a 2 minute and 40 second trailer as opposed to the typical 30 second Hallmark, give you what you need, then get out. Well, that's because today's movie is not a Hallmark movie. I don't think they actually said the title in the trailer. But today we, and by we, me, uh, is M will be talking about 2019's A Christmas Movie Christmas. This is a Marvista production. Those of you who've listened before know Mar Vista is basically the asylum for Hallmark, which is most of the time a very good thing because their movies are somehow even cheaper than Hallmark. And sometimes that's adorable. Sometimes it's painful, but it's almost always entertaining. As you may have gathered from that trailer, all two minutes and 40 seconds of it, um, which is actually about, it's longer than a, um, uh, the short program of a figure skater, I'll have you know. Anyway, unrelated. A Christmas movie Christmas is self-aware, meta. Uh, I think this may be the first specifically, uh, you know, actually made for network parody. But I'm saying parody 
in a voice that suggests I'm doing quotation marks. Uh, yes, I am doing quotation marks because it's also just a Christmas, a cozy cardigan Christmas movie. So it wants to have its its uh, Christmas cookie and eat it too. It, it does both of those things. I, how well does it do it? I don't know. Let's talk about it. A Christmas Movie Christmas, directed by Brian Herzlinger, who's made about three dozen of these kinds of movies. Uh, this is made for the Up Network, which, again, is usually cheaper. Sometimes is Christian, or sometimes is directed by David Dakota. In this case, it's neither. Um, but most importantly, I think the thing that might connect most with listeners of the Feminine Critique is that this movie is written by a couple. It is written by the Doherty's. That is Brant and Kimberly Doherty, Doherty, D-A-U-G-H-E-R-T-Y. Brant Doggerty, you might know better as Noel Khan. Noel Khan is a character on Pretty Little Liars who is in there from season one. Uh, all the way, he dates like three of the different liars at several different points. He's suspected of being the main villain. I won't say whether he is or not, but I will say he has my favorite fate of any character on that show. Again, I don't want to spoil anything. Does it involve decapitation? It involves decapitation. Anyway, moving on to a Christmas movie Christmas. So it's written by him and his wife. Uh, both of them star in the movie. Uh, I, th- I don't know if they wrote it. Uh, according to IMDb, which is always the beacon of encyclopedic knowledge and reliability, uh, I quote, the characters of Lacey and Paul married shortly after filming this movie in real life. The chemistry was evident throughout the movie. Now, first of all, that doesn't make any sense. The characters of Lacey and Paul did not marry after the movie. Maybe they did. We don't know. That's in the movie. It's not the characters. It's the actors who played the characters. But I digress. I'm being a little picky copywriter there, aren't I? Anyway, so I'm not sure if they were married and sat down together and wrote the script, if they were engaged, dating, and sat down together and wrote the script, or if they wrote the script together and then I don't know anyway the point is it's written by a now husband and wife um and like I said it's a bit of a parody so let me go into the plot of it so as you've I mean you heard most of it in the uh, trailer but two sisters Lacey and Eve Eve is the very wishy-washy um kind of self-proclaimed doormat who loves Christmas movies and just wishes she could live in a Christmas fantasy and that kind of thing. Whereas her sister Lacey is more the hardened, um, they don't really go into her career, but she seems more career driven, dates a lot of jerks, possibly intentionally, we find out later. Uh, And they both are complaining about Christmas and they happen to, you know, walk by a Santa Claus who says, hey, give me a wish. And they're like, all right. And we don't, uh, well, we kind of know Eve's wish is, I wish I could live in a magical wonderland. We don't know what Lacey's is. But they both wake up the next morning and they are in Holiday Falls, a typical small town where, you know, uh, everybody is wearing red and green and the bakery is always open. And they kind of just go with it because they realize they're not getting out. They assume it's probably some weird fantasy thing, but what? why not ride it and, you know, flirt with handsome men and eat all the cookies you can since, as they say five times in the movie, calories don't count here. Uh, anyway, Eve is torn between two men, two eligible bachelors. One is the local star, uh, Russell, who earlier when she was in the real world was 
an actor named Chad who appears in a whole bunch of these movies. Uh, so he is one option. The other option is Dustin, played by another Pretty Little Liars alumni. Uh, Ian, who, if you remember the character of Ian, he's one of the first um, older men on the show to um, very inappropriately make sexual moves on an underage liar. Uh, so he's in this. Um, he's gotten a lot. He was also in Final Destination 3. He's gotten older. Remember when we all realized Ethan Embry was no longer a teenager? That's kind of what's happened to uh, this guy. Anyway, she's got to pick between the two of them. Meanwhile, Lacey is getting wooed by a baker played by Noel Kahn. Uh, because I cannot say his last name. I'm just going to keep calling him Noel Kahn. And they have to figure out, like, what, do we stay here? Do we go? How do we actually go? Um... All of those wacky hijinks. Eve is uh, tasked with saving Christmas along with Dustin because something happened with the festival, so they have to plan it. So it's a whole, you know, plan the tree lighting, uh, that kind of thing. I'm having trouble really summing up the plot because at a certain point, it, it doesn't really have one. And it's hard to know, like, where we're going. We obviously are going to the point where either they go back home or they stay there forever. But the plottiness of it is a little bit gets to a point where it just kind of coasts i'm not really looking for um you know scorsese like storytelling in these movies so i think that's okay but it is the more as i'm thinking about it i suppose that is a an issue uh one other issue that i would mention this i recorded this off of up and i don't know why but whether this was not written thinking they were gonna have to show commercials during it or whether um and I've seen this happen on, uh, if you've ever watched the show Angel on TNT, they used to air it on TNT, I don't know if they still do, there was this weird thing where clearly for some reason they had to push the commercial breaks out of time with the way the show had originally been constructed. So you would have commercial breaks in the middle of scenes or after a scene that was not meant to have a commercial break. And then you'd have a scene that clearly was supposed to have a commercial break, go right into the next scene. That's kind of what happens with this movie. It just is timed terribly. So a break just happens in the middle of something and it doesn't give you the right time. It's, it's very awkward. So should you choose to watch a Christmas movie Christmas, um, might I recommend not watching it with commercials and doing either the, I don't know, uh, on-demanding or huloing or wherever it ends up. Should you watch it? I don't know. We'll get there. Uh, let's dive in. Because, um, I mean, we'll talk, the style is... Uh, it is a parody. The characters are self-aware. Other characters are not. Uh, and it does play with that quite a bit. And you heard in the trailer, and there's some really funny things. Like, yes, when the girls wake up and say, did you go to bed in full hair and makeup? That's really funny, because that's one of those things that I've been saying for years. Um, there's a point in this movie where I'm sitting there, like, kind of feeling like, what, you bringing it? You bringing it at me? Because it's written from this very kind of winking point of view of oh we know the tricks of this movie and i'm watching it thinking oh yeah well then where the fuck are the dead parents so let's go into the tropes and if it hits all of them uh number one lead need of a lesson yep we get two of them and blatantly they both are aware they need lessons uh eve is your typical like obnoxiously sweet girl who needs to stand up for herself and Lacey is the um 
you know, the harder one. And she actually does have a nice arc where she reveals, like, what did you ask Santa? And she said, I, I asked him to be a better, for me to be a better person, which I think is actually a nice sentiment. I don't know if it belongs in this movie, but, you know. Uh, another kind of bonus of this is that Eve sort of becomes a party planner. And as we know from watching many of these movies, often, maybe about 20% of the time, I should I should really do a mathematical analysis of this, but I would say when you're dealing with your leads, um, it's like 40% of the time she's in marketing and probably 25% she's uh, in the party planning industry. Anyway, number two, our setting. It's either a big bad city, a charming small town, or a magical winter wonderland. And bam, it's all three. We start in the city. And something that I think is maybe a little subtle about this movie, but I'm going to give it credit for, is that they only ever refer to it as the city, which is obviously smart because they're not in the city. Um, if you've ever lived like outside of a city like I grew up in Long Island and we honestly only ever referred to Manhattan as the city it wasn't New York it wasn't Manhattan if you were going to go into Times Square if you were going to go in and see a Broadway show you went to the city so credit for that but obviously the bigger uh, chunk of this is set in Holiday Falls which is you know modeled in this film after Christmas Cove which is another small town on the TV shows that Eve watches that then turns into Holiday Falls. And yes, everybody is always smiling. They comment on it. There's a great scene where when they first get there, they're kind of creeped out by it. Everybody's walking around. They're wearing red and green. Everybody's smiling. And and Lacey is kind of creeped out by it. And they sort of say, like, have you ever seen a place like this where everybody is smiling? What they don't say, and I really wish they did because it's very true. It would have been very clever. And maybe in um, Brant and Kimberly's original script, maybe they did. But you really wanted to hear them say, have you ever seen a place this fucking white? Because, yeah, it's white. We have one black character. He's kind of a villain. What do you know? Anyway, number three, bland love interest. Uh, Again, and to give you the full description of the bland love interest, he is usually a man who is involved in manual labor, um, or he is a widow dad, or he is a poor little rich boy. No widow dads. And again, this is where I look at Brant and Kimberly and say, I don't think you see me as much as I see you. But um, really two out of the three are, it's a diner owner and a, and a uh, bakery owner, which fits the mold uh-huh, very well. And then the other love interest is the, um, you can say the poor little rich boy, because he's the celebrity who just wants love. Uh, moving on to number four, the montage. And here's where I was like, oh, it's been going on a long time and I don't have a montage. And then it becomes, again, in this very meta way, um, a, a moment when they have to replan Saving Christmas. And uh, I believe it's Eve who looks at Lacey and says, what's the plan? Montage. And then we get a montage. So there's actually a quote about a montage. And they it's a getting ready for Christmas montage. And at the end of it, they even say, I can't believe we got that done so quickly. So again, eh, this, this movie isn't quite as smart as it likes to think it is, but it has its moments, and that is one. Number five, dead parents or a dead wife. Here's where they miss the boat. I Now, we know there may have been a throwaway line about the girls not having parents because they are living alone and they talk about how they wish they had a kind grandma, but there's, it would have been so easy to just throw in. Yeah. And we've been alone ever since mom and dad died in that horrible accident on Christmas Eve, but they don't. And I think that was a really missed opportunity. And it makes me wonder, Brant and Kimberly, are you watching as close as I am? Or again, this is made for up. Maybe that was cut. Maybe it was too dark. I don't know. Number six, our sassy sidekick. Um, 
I think you can kind of go with the fact that you have two leads, which means depending on whose story you're you're seeing it as, it's the other one is a sidekick. Number seven, our evil woman or boss. Um, yes, we get one for each. Uh, Eve's actually no, Eve has both of them. Eve's boss is an evil boss who doesn't know her name, and then who shows up in the fantasy Holiday Falls, and of course has a. Uh, it's very strange. Like he has a redemption, but I don't really understand what it is. Um, because in the fantasy world, he's grumpy. And then there's like an orphan child who runs to him and he's nice to the kid. And they're like, yay, Christmas is saved. But I don't know what he actually did. Uh, and then the kid's dad comes home from the military. So it's not like the guy gets to like keep the kid or anything. Anyway. Uh, but then the other evil, we get an evil woman, which I both love and hate seeing. I love seeing because it gives me, you know, a checkbox to fill. I hate seeing because so often... Um, it, we all know the very kind of sexist view of women not getting along and a powerful woman not getting along with other women. And so you get that a little bit. You get a character named Noelle. Uh, Noelle is the ex-girlfriend of Dustin, and she just comes into town from the city. She wears the same wool coat the entire movie, and I think that was a choice. And she just is trying, is basically ruining everything by being too fancy and too city. Um, but she also finds redemption and apologizes and then ends up with, spoiler alert, uh, the singer Poor Little Rich Boy. So it works out for everybody. Number nine, our sage old person. Yes, we get Graham. Graham is the girl's grandma and she doesn't exist in the real world, but in this world she does. She's making, she makes cookies in every scene and talks about it in every scene, which again, I'm kind of giving it credit for. Uh, and then there is a, you know, she has her, you sit down and listen to me scene. So sageness, all, all very, very measured and deliberate. And I respect that. And number 10, Santa Claus. Obviously, uh, Santa Claus is the reason this movie happens. And I will say, the actor, I don't want to, again, I never want to be mean to these movies, to the parts of these movies that aren't necessarily controlled by the person being in the part. And the actors in this movie are probably a prime example because, I don't know, they came in for like three hours to film eight scenes and they don't even know what they're, this guy, for all he knows, he was in a Silent Night, Deadly Night Part 18 movie. He has no idea. He just doesn't feel like a Santa Claus. Um, he's wearing a Santa Claus outfit, but he just, his voice isn't Santa-like, his demeanor isn't Santa-like, he looks, it's very easy to look at this actor in all of his Santa garb and just want him to take, take the beard off and sit there and do your taxes for you. But we do essentially get 9 out of 10, which is appropriate because these writers watched these movies. Moving into the bonus round, uh, public domain holiday songs, yes, we get most of them. Uh, there's even a little kind of throwaway caroling thing where Eve is like, oh, I don't want to carol. I can't sing. But then she opens her mouth and she's in this magical world. She can sing. Uh, and then there's a weirdly staged finale where they all sing, I think, Deck the Halls. And it's just awkward. Um, oh, oh, because it because it's supposed to be Russell putting on a concert and doing it. But it just, I guess it's green screen in like the very up network. Like they I think like David Dakota, whatever he was filming, he was on lunch break. So they were like, hey, can we borrow your effect? And David Dakota was like, yeah, sure. Just um, fund my next movie. It's only going to cost $80. And that's what we got. Uh, Cloying Child. <laughs> yes. And again, I have to I have to tip my tip my hat to it because this movie has. So um, when 
Paul the baker is baking, there's a little girl who's just always there with him because she's alone because her da- her daddy is overseas in the military, and her name is London, which fuck you, and um, she she has this like it's like Cindy Brady on helium voice. I have a feeling they just probably dubbed this kid over, and it was probably like the director doing the voice because he knew what he was going for and he wanted her to be annoying. Uh, Lacey even refers to her as token adorable child. So I again, I like that. Um, the only thing I don't like is that I had no idea any fucking word this little girl said. I didn't understand aside from her name being London. Um, no ice skating, surprisingly. No Canadianisms. I think this was filmed in Michigan, from what I saw. Uh, although everybody does look very hot in their wool outfits, so this was definitely filmed in the summertime. Characters with Christmas names, yes, obviously, and it's, again, very specific. There is Eve and Noel, which means towards the end of the movie, you have about five different times when a character says, Merry Christmas, Eve! And every time they say it, it's a different character saying it, but they give the same line delivery each time. Uh, Christmas tree lighting, yes, it's the big town excitement and almost goes wrong because Noelle, the evil female character, like deconstructs Christmas and does a minimalist thing and everybody's very upset about it, but don't worry, Christmas is saved because of a aforementioned montage. No karaoke, but there is caroling. Um, Coffee cups, oh, there are so many. Um, Lacey many times is walking around with a coffee cup as if, you know, it was made of air. And even in the very early scenes, when the girls are still in the city, uh, they leave their apartment with actual coffee mugs and also are very not careful about how to hold them. Going to bed at three o'clock, I think in this world, time has no meaning. So we'll just move on. And then the sprinkle sound effect, yes, is in full swing anytime anything near magic happens. Um, Before I give kind of my overall review of this movie, I'm going to head to IMDb for a very enthusiastic 10-star review from DEH-11771. I have a feeling DEH-1171 is either a robot or just um, maybe didn't try hard enough to create an, an IMDb ID. That's okay. November 18th, he or she writes, wow, this wasn't just a great Christmas movie. It was an amazing regular movie. Side note, I do understand that definition back to death. It was so smart and witty with colorful characters who were really memorable. They had fun with the standard Christmas movie genre, but in a really smart and super respectful way. This was just a really fine piece of writing and should be an instant classic. Loved it. Great job. Sequel, please! Exclamation point times five. By the way, Up Network seems to ha- seems to have very humorous and offbeat Christmas movies, and they totally rock for that. They're just not cookie-cutter movies, so it is very refreshing. But this was really a cut above. Do I agree with Deh11771? Look, a Christmas movie Christmas is not a very good movie. Uh, I appreciate its, um, its mission. And there are, I will absolutely not lie about this, I chuckled out loud a few times. My husband heard it and he was like, you're laughing at that. I'm like, yes, because it was funny. Uh, there's an aunt, a running joke about um, about that there is a mat, there is a European kingdom called Algravia that they sometimes name check, which sounds like the fictional kingdom in every one of these movies where they have a fictional European monarchy. I respect that. There's a lot of this movie that is clever and does kind of play on what you know, but it just, and whether whether this was the writers, whether this is the director, whether, whether this is the network, it doesn't 
really accomplish what it probably started to set out to accomplish. I think it started as kind of a very knowing wink wink and then it just doesn't have the ability to maintain that without just kind of succumbing to the Hallmark cozy Christmas formula of okay but no we do have to pick one of the guys and the other guys got to be paired off okay too and you know we have to have them learn the meaning of Christmas and I'm not saying that I expected this to end with I don't know one of the women deciding that she was actually in love with Noel and not Paul the baker but it just seemed like there was an opportunity to do something and it it doesn't do anything so fans of this genre or I, th- I think might enjoy it because it does kind of chuckle at things without as 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 Deh 11771 mentioned without being mean about it and I, and I mean, sure, maybe I want the mean version, but that's neither here nor there. I think it's just that it, it doesn't really commit to one or the other. So it ends up being an, yet another mediocre Hallmark ripoff movie. If you don't like these movies, you're not going to get much out of the jokes it makes about the movies. Because sure, there's a few that are clever, but you're ultimately sitting through the same type of movie. So it's a decision, I think, on whether you watch it. I'd say if you have access to it and you like these movies, I think you might, you might, you'll chuckle here and there. Uh, and if you don't, it's still not the one for you. So that was a Christmas movie Christmas. We'll be back again, as always, with something else. But in the meantime, uh, drink your coffee up. Drink it well. Christmas cookies, sugar. I sure do like those Christmas cookies, babe. The ones that look like Santa Claus, Christmas trees and bells and stars. I sure do like those Christmas cookies, babe. Now Christmas cookies are a special treat. The more she bakes, the more I eat. And sometimes I can't get myself to stop. Sometimes she'll wait till I'm asleep And she'll take the ones that I didn't eat And put those little sprinkly things on top I sure do like those Christmas cookies, sugar I sure do like those Christmas cookies, babe The ones that look like Santa Claus Christmas trees and bells and stars I sure do like those Christmas cookies, babe Now those sprinkly things just make things worse Cause it makes them taste better than they did at first And they're absolutely impossible to resist Some disappear to who knows where But I make sure that I get my share And those kids just stand there waiting for the ones I miss I sure do like those Christmas cookies, sugar Sure do like those Christmas cookies, babe She gets mad that they're all gone Before she gets the icing put on Sure do like those Christmas cookies, babe Now there's a benefit to all of this That you might have overlooked or missed So now let me tell you the best part of it all 
Every time she sticks another batch in the oven, there's 15 minutes for some kissing and a hugging. That's why I eat Christmas cookies all year long. Christmas cookies, babe. I sure do like those Christmas cookies, babe. 